0: what to do when the podcast that you can turn to whenever you want to get unstuck i'm kathleen i'm your host and i'll be your trusted guide your coach and your friend through all of life's trickiest moments each episode myself and guest experts will be tackling the real raw and relatable challenges that life tends to throw your way Together, we're going to be navigating actually how to do the inner work, equipping you with the tools to empower yourself and to create the life that you've always envisioned. So if you've been feeling stuck with something in your life, submit your question via the link in the show notes, and we could be diving into your question in the next episode. Let's dive in. All right, my friends, welcome back to the What To Do When podcast. And today I'm really excited to bring on an amazing guest. For a really special topic that I actually changed my mind about very early this morning, but I want to talk about today with the special guest about healing burnout, about that moment in time where you've been on your healing journey for so long and you're completely burnt out from it. You are overwhelmed when it comes to your practices. You can't imagine trying to reframe another thought or sit down for another meditation. And it makes you feel like a bit of a failure and you don't know what to do anymore. And I think this is a huge topic that we haven't really spoken about a lot. And I know that it's something that I have gone through multiple times. I'm sure this guest has gone through it. And I know that my clients and you listening at home, you've probably been through it. and Maybe you're even going through it right now. So today I want to welcome the lovely Casey Stevens to the show. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, Casey?
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Kathleen. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, so I uh, am excited to have our talk and um, kind of impromptu flow about burnout and how to heal from that. Um, I I am coming from Seattle. Seattle, Washington in the States, and I was just telling, I know you're a New Zealander living in Australia. I was just telling you that I probably have more clients in your neck of the woods than um, any other country, and so I'm so excited to connect with you now that you're in Australia. It just seems like there's some... I don't know, some cord that I have there. But um, by practice, I have a spiritual psychology practice. And so I often will say clinically trained, mystically guided, because I work in this holistic, intuitive way. And that's my favorite way to really help people heal is to... Um, integrate that spiritual self into uh, the more practical healing that goes on. And I think that just allows us to kind of expand out and get so much more out of our healing. So um, that is who I am. But I do work with people uh, all over the world
0: doing that. And so um, that is is who I am. I love it. And I love that, yeah, mix between the two, because it's so important, I think, to When you're on any sort of mental health, healing, personal development journey, whatever one you're on, you do encounter this moment where you go, what is my purpose? Why are we here? What's going on? You know, and and to integrate the spirit into that is so important and to, yeah, use some of those practices. So I love what you do, Casey. I love what you share. And I'll make sure that we link all of Casey's information, including her Instagram and everything and website and the show notes as well. But Casey, let's dive into our topic. Have you ever experienced healing burnout?
1: All the time in different layers. I was just thinking as you were um, kind of doing the introduction, I thought I'm kind of in a physical healing burnout right now, um, you know, because we have so many layers of our being, of course. And for me, one of the, I think, slowest and densest, which is no surprise, is my physical, you know, uh, expression of self. And so I can do, you know, the spirit, I can do the mental, I can do the emotional and all of that, you know, and I feel like I've gotten pretty good and masterful at those, but what what has felt like the kind of growing edge for me in my own life is just some of the physical stuff. And so I've noticed it, and it might seem like just a silly example, but it's the first thing that popped into my head when you mentioned it was, You know, I'm just always trying to be clean, and you know, of course, everything in moderation. But just you know, uh, get rid of whatever ailments I might have, or the physical way that that um, any issue I always is the root of it is an energy in my mind, Um, and then the densest place that that's gotten stuck for me is some physical health stuff, and so. you know, for me, that's like a little bit autoimmunity and migraines and just ways uh, you know, that I feel like I've just been pounding for years, just driving, 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 you know, trying to be well and eradicate these these uh, these patterns in my in my body, right, in my being. And I, I noticed it probably for the last six months, where you know, I'd take supplements and I just do all of the things that you can do to kind of maintain. And I'm like, just been so burnt out of that. I can't even I can like barely, be kind with anything and so i have just noticed um number one that i felt because i had so many years of just doing all of the things that i could possibly do to try to support my physical uh you know health in in these ways to feel well and again it might be such a silly example but that's what popped up is i'm like yeah i'm kind of going through a bit of a burnout with that right now um just on that physical like you know if i go to the naturopath or the acupuncturist and whatnot. And they're like, well, what are you doing for this? And what are you taking? And, you know, and I'm like, nothing. Honestly, I just feel like taking nothing. So <laughs> you, I can't swallow a, a supplement. I just like don't want to do it. So I'm part of that for me. Um, again, I know it might seem like a silly example, but it's, it's just I'm honoring where i am with that so instead of saying there was one i was at the acupuncturist i don't know maybe a month ago and she was like well here let me give you these herbs and and so i said yes and i went along with it and then immediately you know before i even left my needles were still soaking in me and i hadn't even gotten it but i know she had prepped my i know she had prepped my herbs and i was checking out and i was thinking i'm not going to take these like i don't want these I should have just, you know, she had already done all the work to prep them. I should have just told her that right from the get-go because um, I just really have to honor, like, you know, I brought them home and maybe I'll take them, you know, eventually. But the truth is, is I just don't feel like it. So um, for whatever reason, I'm just really listening to that. I, You know, of course, in that silly example, I wish I would have just, you know, said that to her before I went through the motions of, of having her prep them and everything, but but anyway, yeah, that's where I am with that.
0: How about you? What are what kind of healing burnout have you noticed? Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I feel like I'm in a similar spot. Um, I had an eating disorder for years that turned into IBS, or irritable bowel syndrome. It was really, really bad for many years. Like I was literally pooping my pants uncontrollably it was awful um and over the years it's gotten so much better but recently like it's probably maybe sitting at about sort of 70 80 percent like my gut doesn't feel fully you know in its most amazing place but it's also not terrible and I was the same I used to be taking so many supplements so many things seeing seeing my I have one naturopath that I see now which I've condensed down to and I only have one you know kind of approach with it which has really helped But even just in the last, probably last month, I just decided, I was like, I'm just going to stop everything. And I'm just going to, because it's been years that I've been taking all these supplements. And I was like, I'm just going to check in and see what happens with my body. And, you know, like you said, honor this. And for me, healing burnout has shown up, not only in that physical aspect, and it's definitely not a silly example, because I feel like so many of us have these physical symptoms that we're here trying to heal, and they're so... Related to our emotional health and to our mental health and our spiritual health. And Absolutely. for me, that's what the IBS has been. It's been an invitation to do my somatic work, to sit there and to go, oh, I'm uncomfortable right now, or I'm really judging myself about something right now, or I'm being really harsh on myself right now, and to experience that. And it's so, it's, it's quite ironic. It's almost like you stop one avenue and it allows you to honor another. And for me as well, I, I guess I've experienced the more traditional sense of healing burnout in the fact that when I first started this journey, my God, I was waking up 4.30 a.m., working a full-time job. And I remember I 4 uh. 4.30. I had did my breath work. I did my meditation. And then I went for a 20-minute silent walk. Then I came back and I spent an hour writing for my business. And then I would do my mirror work. Um, and then I would go to work, I'd bike to work, work out of the gym, work a whole eight-hour day, bike home, and then I'd come and do either a coaching call with my clients or I would go into a um like a coaching program that I was a part of. And I look back at that time and I'm honestly like, What the fuck, Kathleen? How did you do that? Like, how did you get through all of that? You know? Over time, I found that. I've experienced burnout in so many ways, and it comes about for me when I place these expectations and pressures on myself to be somewhere other than where I am. And I think at the root of it really is judgment. You know, there's both judgment and there's tiredness. There's fatigue. When we push in an area, when we feel like we're pushing up a hill, which it can often feel like when you have the morning routine from fucking hell and you're doing, you know, seven steps every morning – It can feel like a slog. It can feel like an upward climb. And that's really hard. You're going to get tired. And that happens from time to time. And for me, burnout has been this massive invitation to check back in and to let myself go through that burnout. And for me, I will go straight into any sort of reality TV, The Office reruns, any sort of thing like that. Or I'll go dive deep into a book, like a real sexy saucy book. Those are my favorite things to... To almost just take myself out of my world and put myself in another. And Mm. I say that's a real symptom of burnout for me. But you know what? It's amazing and it's fun. And you, so then you start going back to how maybe you used to live your life without all your healing practices, without your meditation, without your coaching, without your therapy, without your breath work. And you You get to see what life is like. And Mm. it's such an interesting and pivotal time every moment that it's happened for me. Have you found you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't agree more. And, you know, by the way, I'm just listening, was listening to you talk about, you know, getting burned out from all of that. And I was getting burned out just listening to everything you were doing. And I definitely had a period, you know, back when I was in um, school studying my psychology, uh, where I look back and I'm like, how in the hell did you do that, Casey? I don't know how you had the energy. I mean, I don't know how I would stay awake on driving from here to there or while I was, you know, doing my clinical work or School and just all the things. I'm like, I, I'm amazed myself. And by the way, I think it's part of the reason that I have some of the physical burnout, um, you know, that I had years later because there was just such an accumulation of not tending to myself in all those other ways that um probably and resulted in me being unwell in some of these other ways. And so it's just really learning, yeah, I can relate to it. I mean, I've experienced it in every realm of my being just like you're describing. So I've experienced the spiritual, the emotional, the mental at different junctures and I think it is. It's like when we really surrender. I've noticed even with my physical health, all of those things um have actually been better for me in the last six months when I've been doing less and trying more or trying trying um fewer things, right and and pushing in that way that we can get so uh, um kind of hypermobilized, right in our nervous system that that in and of itself can be a compensatory. like when we're driven and we're growth minded and we're seekers, we can sometimes seek too much and we're not really integrating the the healing that we need to on whatever other layer like yeah it's not expressing say on the physical level um but there's something deeper about you know in in our mental body our spiritual body our emotional body right that's not allowing just to have the stillness and so i think listening to that um and really honoring it in the way that you just allow yourself and then you can also see the contrast too of like you said it's like oh i can kind of hold this in contrast to the you know, uh, efforting that I was making. And now I'm kind of back where I was before I did any of this. And I think we can have a reset, right. Of like, okay, well, what still works for me? Yeah, that what might've been working and it got me to this level, but maybe I'm at a new juncture now where I just need to integrate something else. So, um, so I've noticed that, right. And I have no agenda you know, as it pertains to, I mean, I still think, holistic medicine and all the things that I was doing were beautiful, but I wasn't able to really absorb them. I noticed my physical body wasn't absorbing them as much as when I've just really surrendered and listened to what my um, intuition is telling me about that, which is like, don't do anything. And I've noticed that all of those things like inflammation that I had, um, Uh, headaches that I was getting, they're significantly reduced in the last six months. So there's something, you know, there's something to that, right? Just really allowing ourselves to be in flow. So, and I think it is a judgment, right? I mean, there definitely can be a perfectionistic quality, uh, you know, uh, judgment of self and all of that. I even think uh, for me, a lot of it, gosh, I had all this inflammation from my autoimmune uh, for years and years and years. God, it frustrated me so much because I'm I'm like, I just don't feel like myself. I don't look like myself. I don't feel like myself. I was judging my body in, in those days of just feeling like, oh my gosh, just like, I felt like I almost needed to justify it. I was judging myself. I was judging myself. And that inflammation just stayed. The more I hated it, the more that it stayed with me. And I think really kind of getting to this place of accepting it or spending less time, maybe it... um wasn't even full acceptance that I arrived at, because I wouldn't say I was perfect to that either. But um, this place where I stopped hating that and giving it so much of my time and effort, you know, even if it's just a subliminal thought that kind of floats through or whatever, it's like, I was spending way too much time in resistance to having that inflammation. Of course, I don't want inflammation. And of course, I don't want to be puffy or, you know, have extra weight or any of those things. But um, yeah, I just stopped hating that part of me. And you know all of a sudden i'm a lot less inflamed than i was so uh, uh just really and i've noted that right as almost like objective observer of like okay yeah i can you know just kind of be with that and i can see that my whole mindset or whatever was locking me up um about that inside myself that was still a belief a uh, still a judgment still a um you know a, a, you know part of me that wasn't serving me in my mindset. Um, okay, well, I had to go through all of that. And now I can integrate that differently. And there you go, I can actually see kind of the uh, physical uh, expression of that shifting, right, which is like freedom. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I definitely have experienced that in so many right not to talk you know again so much about the physical but it can touch us on all of these layers um but for sure i can have times too, too where you know and i will, will help people do this but i'm like oh my own spirit says i just can't gosh i'm feeling so heavy or i'm feeling so stuck and i could have spent all day helping other people do that and i feel energized to do that but when it comes to my own stuff and i'm like oh man i'm feeling kind of heavier. i'm feeling kind of um, dent, like this density around me or something. And I I really want to clear this away. And even if I had just cleared it with, you know, seven other people that day, um, I'll struggle to do that myself. And so I'll notice too that for me, what helps the best if I get in that mindset is I really need other people to still hold a container for me. And so like clients are coming, you know, I have never, no matter where I go in my journey, I always have kind of this sacred circle of healers that i'm like you know what this is i really need this person to hold space for me so that i can get back into that energy that i know uh, is possible for me but i'm having a real tough time doing it on my own so um i noticed that too
0: yeah how about you really i really resonate with what you said about you know doing it all on your own And i guess you know that's where it comes in traditional burnout right like Traditional burnout can be really hard if you're the type of person that carries a lot of stuff for other people. And maybe you find yourself thinking about others a lot and maybe you come last, you know. And that can be really difficult learning to invest your energy into yourself. And whether that means actually asking for support yourself or saying no or setting a boundary, whatever that might look like, you know. And so what I really heard, Casey, when you were speaking about healing burnout and all the ways and you know areas it can manifest in is it's almost this huge act of resistance so we've kind of two components like I heard there's one there's the tiredness there's the fatigue which feels like it's the physical response in the body it feels like you've been you know walking uphill and you've been trying so hard and you're tired you know and that happens and we are cyclical creatures and especially women like I know that men operate on this 24-hour clock you know they have the same energy flow throughout different periods and different days women completely different we operate in a monthly cycle and throughout the month we're going to feel different we're going to be able to do things differently and I think the mindset that really damaged me in the beginning when I started my healing journey was I actually ended up approaching it more through this very masculine um breath esque you know sort of mindset where i was like right every morning i wake up at 4 30 and i do my breath work and i do this and it was very routine and stringent and as a woman having that routine and also being a manifesting generator routine only works for me for so long you know i'm I one generator two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like routine only works for me for so long it's really helpful to set up some this. But I can't, I just don't have the ability to be someone that does something like, you know, just continually in the same way for the rest of my life. So we have that heaviness right. and that fatigue. But then the other thing I heard, like I said, was that resistance. That resistance yes. to what is within that burnout. What's even on the other side of burnout. What do I not want to face in my psyche? What parts of me do I not want to reveal? Is it the part that... You know, I remember when I was first having those moments, and even now when I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to meditate. Now I only meditate probably once, twice a week. I used to be like, every day I must do it, you know? Yeah. And (laughs) there's still those thoughts that creep in that are like, you're such a failure, you're not doing enough. You know, this is not good for your spiritual and mental health, you know, blah, blah, blah. And when this comes up, it's a real interest to me because I see and feel... This young part of me that felt like a failure as a child and was really taught that what I do and what I achieve is going to lead up to how valuable and going to make up how valuable I am as a person, as a human, mm. and how loved and how liked I'm going to be. Mm. And I think that was the scariest thing for me. Whenever I faced any sort of burnout, any sort of thing, I very regularly get that attitude where I'm like, fuck this. I want to throw in the towel. I give up. I very regularly get that energy. Um, Not very hashtag spiritual of me, but that's just me, you know. (laughs) Um, And every time it comes up, it is this resistance to a young part of myself that does not feel good enough and is afraid of what might happen or how I might feel if I let all the things that I do melt away, so if I stop meditating and doing breath work and journaling and seeing coaches and therapists, and I stop posting on social media, I stop making a podcast, I stop doing this, what or who am I going to be on the other side of that? And that's really scary. And I wonder if you notice some of this in your work with your clients and yourself.
1: Totally. Um, well, I mean, I think it's so important to go back to the inner child and really understand like, where did this come from? Um, and to your point for me, I think there was such a program. I know I've talked, um, about this before, but there was such a program in my own family system around being, um, you know, helpers and healers and maybe rescuers on, uh, that where from which you know again can be really well meaning and and be beautiful unless we have uh you know moved too far you know on the spectrum from what would be like healthy you know helping uh, to over functioning right to over giving to uh, feeling respond you know there's like a duty uh, and so I think again well being I came from parents who can both tend to have that tendency right a little bit of enabling a little bit of codependence right and so um I observed that, right? Like that's where I went uh, in my, and I can still slip back there, especially, you know, doing this work. It's like, I've so much learned how to shift into away from like that wounded healer where you're doing it for your own benefit or you need to do it or through duty or it's like, okay, well I, I must give. Um, and so, and what I think that that in turn has given me Um, at least, you know, the way that I kind of unconsciously associated that as a child was uh, this feeling of significance. It's like, well, you will be valuable. You will have significance if you show up in this way and, oh, you can do that and you're so good at it and this is what we do and just all of the things. And so um, for me, I think that has been a lot of the striving or the giving that I gave certainly before I, you know, came to, you know, be a, Clinical helper, and this was you know before I studied any of this or even understood. I think there was a lot of that striving that I was doing, that efforting that I was making for others. Frankly, um, I can certainly turn it inward, right? And again, do all of the things. It's like you know, like you're listing for yourself. Well, then I shifted and I did that, you know, all of the things, and was just kind of in this isolation and doing all of the things for myself. Which again, I can. Um, you know, over exert in my physical life, like I was just describing, but I've done it in every area, like I said. And so it's really finding that balance of, again, you are significant, right? Like, you know, it, even if you have inflammation, like you are significant, even if you don't look the way that you looked three years ago or what? like you're still significant. It's not something that is to be earned. Mm-hmm. And frankly, when we get ourselves more and more burned out, right, like we're less able to really attend to ourselves in those meaning meaningful ways where we can just sit with that. And sit with, for me, again, I think a lot of it is um, being valuable specifically. Though feeling significant. Mm. Um, and so that's something that I, you know, somewhere along the line. Right. Um, you know, captured some injury around as a child. Right. And so I've left been left with this striving at different parts of my life and it will still pop up. Right. Even, you know, at this juncture, even though I help people do this, right, we can still have moments where we'll struggle with that significance. And so that efforting will, in in my case, right, be, you know, over-efforting that will happen. It's like giving too much, staying longer, giving, okay, well, our, our session is an hour. Okay, well, I'm, you know coaching you through my break and and now I'm late to the next one because I'm just like, okay, I gotta pour everything into you. And so there's a part of me that comes from that right. And it's it it's beautiful in a sense because it really is truly a desire to help. But it's like I really have to um honor all of that and recognize when I'm getting into that place, mm-hmm. wrinkly, which will then will make me rushed and and all of the things but I think it's so interesting to kind of capture because again I think we all have these unique energy signatures so when you're talking about being a manifesting generator or you know one of the other uh types right again I'm a manifesting generator and so it really is I gave myself permission which I think can be um kind of odd in this spiritual community because there's so much around this discipline and these are the things that we do right we get up we meditate we do you know and people will ask me this and I'm like you know what I meditate and I end up meditating at some point every day, usually, but I do it when I feel like I need to do it. And so I'm really intuitive and just listening to what I feel, because if I'm forcing anything, you're not getting, I'm not giving myself my best. I'm not giving anyone my best. Like I really have to be in flow with how I feel and when I feel it. And, and so I have long since, you know, done similar to what you're saying that you have done. It's just like, whatever these like spiritual things are that, need. Like, yeah, I don't. Need, I don't need to do that, or I don't need yoga one for me. Like I think yoga is fabulous, but I don't know. I am just not a yogi. Like there is something like I can go and do it, and I really enjoy it when I do. But it's just not one of these things that I need to do for myself. And so, which is not an indictment of anybody else who does. Like it's so beautiful. It just for me, it's not you know the end all be all, and I just have to accept that <laughs> and not try to do all the things that would be you know part. Of of description of being you know spiritual um you know or meditating you know every day at a certain time it's like I just have to listen be- and that's you know a lot of parts of me could speak to that but the manifesting generator I think is one of them that's like girl you just got to be in flow like listen to what you feel do
0: that you know yeah and that takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. and it's really forcing you to be in this deep relationship with yourself which at the end of the day is what healing is all about. And usually, and I'll raise my hand up here because this was definitely me, usually when you come into a healing journey, it's because you've lost connection to yourself, you don't know who you are, and it's almost like you don't trust yourself to know your own intuition, you've probably disconnected from it, you probably don't know, oh, does this feel right for me, does this not feel right for me? And so you're in this real vulnerable place in that moment where social media, for example, can be really damaging. It certainly was for me. You know, I, I developed the morning routine from hell, seven plus things every morning. It was exhausting. And like I said, over time, as I have, you know, you can't really say you've healed, but as I've progressed on this beautiful journey, I've cut out some of those things that didn't really mean that much to me, you know, Um, particularly things like breath work and anything that's in relation to harsh discipline isn't really up my alley, you know, and it is, it's, for some people it's so beautiful for them to experience that for me, it hasn't been, you know, I was disciplined all my life and I was only disciplined because I didn't feel good enough. And so in my healing, it's been rewriting the story of my my healing, and I want anyone at home to hear this too, your healing isn't your healing practices. Your healing isn't your morning routine. Your healing isn't how many journals you fill up or how deep your meditation is. Your healing is not about how many practices and tools and time that you dedicate to it. This is always, something I preach very heavily to my clients, your healing is about your life. It's about how you feel in every moment of every day. It's about how you wake up in the morning, how you eat your breakfast. It's about living. It's about life. And so often I get caught up in all these things that almost take us away from living. You know, I went into my little healing bubble or healing cocoon, as I refer to it. And it was a really important stage in time for me. But it was also really important for me to have that moment where I basically said, fuck this. I can't keep this up. I'm not really living anymore. And I was chasing, you know, these cathartic spiritual highs. And instead I had to decide to live. I had to decide to get amongst real life to get my head. For me, it felt like my head was in the clouds, you know, and I had to come back and and ground myself and just live and experience life and be with the people and connect. Connection has been so huge. And so I want you to hear that your healing is not about your practices and that burnout is probably going to be a really amazing invitation for you. But Casey, what I want to ask is when we go through burnout. And you said that beautifully. I
1: I can't agree more. I mean, it quite really is that with self and redeveloping. If you've lost touch with that intuition, it's redeveloping that connection with yourself. And the best way to practice that, right, is to really listen to what feedback you're getting from yourself whether it's true for anybody else or not and I I would just say not not to interrupt because um, again you saw that so beautifully I Um, the practices I think are good. I noticed that for myself, they were good kind of to initiate the process because I didn't have a relationship with them at the time. But once I had a relationship, then it's about listening to your intuition and saying, well, what here serves me? How often? When? What, you know, what doesn't? Am I really in connection with myself when I'm doing these practices, right? Or utilizing these tools or not? And so that really is you know, your life is your spirituality, right? And so to connect and be fully alive in that and fully alive, like where you feel like it doesn't mean every day or every moment is perfect, but are you able to witness yourself and listen and honor what it is that you're receiving and then, um, you know, Follow through with that, right? Like live your live into that, um, and that includes
0: burnout, right? That burnout, that experience of being tired, being fed up, throwing in the towel if you need to, you know, having a little dramatic moment where you say, "I give up on the work," you know, "I'm never doing it again." Do whatever you need to, but you know, okay. go go courageously into that moment because who knows what might happen in that? Um, yeah, Casey. What I really want to ask though is about the nervous yeah. system what is happening when we go through burnout what's happening in our nervous system
1: well um I, I mean i think it can be different for most for people right but the way that i'm perceiving it at least the way we're talking about it, it sounds like we're both similar in, in this um is we're really kind of going to this immobilized place right so um i think that this um place where we're kind of freezing it's like we're hyper mobilized inside our thinking but we're not able to do what we you know what we want to do especially if we tend to be you know like i i know my go-to my mo right is this efforting is this mobilization um, and of course, we want that to be in
0: a healthy space, but I can definitely lean. Sorry, Paisley, to interrupt you. For someone that doesn't know what mobilizing means, could you tell us about it? Yeah, well, I think of it as a spectrum
1: of energy that we're we are energy, right? So, I mean, this is even to get, um, you know, broader than that. Everything is energy. And so having a relationship, which is really what we we're just talking about, right? This intuition, having a relationship with ourselves so that we know what is that baseline for us right and our nervous system you know it's this this automatic system that clicks on when it's out of balance and it needs some um you know uh rebalance right when it's giving us this information when it's trying to give us this information that something is off kilter there's always an energy and so noticing what that is and i think of that as a spectrum right um where notice like Are you are you more rapid? Are you moving in your thoughts, in your actions, in your words, in your every part about you? Are you mobilized? Are you more active? Are you more rapid? Are you more anxious? Are you more kind of go, 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 do, do? Are you in this doing energy, right? Which again, can be kind of my, my MO, right? And a lot of us kind of tend to go certain places based on what's um, my, if if I am dysregulated in a way, I tend to go to solving the problem and like, okay, well, what can I do, 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 right? That's more natural for me. Not that I haven't been in this um, immobilized energy, right? Where everything slows down. We'll feel like I just can't do that. We'll, we'll feel... Tired, really dysphoric, really lethargic, really everything's slow. It's like I know I have to get up and go to work, or I know I should, you know. I sh- it's a lot of shoulding, right? That's going on in our minds, where. Everything, our whole physical being, but our, our nervous system has actually slowed down and we're in a bit of a freeze response, right? The others are like fight or flight um, in the mobilized system where we're in fight or flight if we're not in neutral, right? And this is kind of where we go into freeze. And so we just can't quite, you know, everything slows down except for maybe our thoughts, right? I mean, we could be judging yourself and moving in this way in our thoughts. So it's really kind of noticing and some, for some people, instead of getting in all the language, right, um, around all of that 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 might be medical or clinical, right? I think it's useful sometimes where we just talk about, I at least I use this language and I think people can resonate because you can really identify. You don't have to understand the autonomic or the parasympathetic or you don't have to understand all, all of these systems. You can just really think, gosh, am I mobilized? am I hypermobile or am I immobilized right am I freezing am I shutting down is it really hard to get up and take a shower or brush my teeth or whatever is going on right so that's um, more of a immobilized energy so I just think of how you notice that you're moving what's happening in your being all the layers of your being right Um, and if so you're hanging around everywhere trying all these things well you might be in this if you're yelling if you're talking fast if you're sweating i mean there's so many ways that our bodies um will show us what's going on and so that doesn't feel really good to be in that kind of hypermobilized state um i think it's even more painful for those of us so when we still can have some mobilization i don't know if you would agree with this doing the nervous system work you do but um when we are still mobilized that means that we still have energy right so our energy is there and it's it's still moving if it's inefficient and it's um, kind of, uh, you know, rapidness, right? And we're not quite able to calm down and reach this neutral state. Um, I think that's an easier place to be than when we get to this shutdown. It's harder to get out of the shutdown. It's hard, you know, and especially people who have been stuck in it for a really long time. It's like they know what they want to do and what they need to do and how painful to feel like you don't have access to that. And so it's really recognizing that for me it's harder even as I'm around I'll I'll even admit this it's harder around clients who are in this more frozen shutdown energetically um, and it doesn't tend to be who I attract not that I haven't been it or haven't worked with people. I mean I you know there's again no judgment of that but it's such an uncomfortable place to be that I'll notice it's like man, it's like oh pulling teeth to get someone just to you know do the basics. Um imagine how they're feeling, right? So it's it's inherently uncomfortable. And I notice it's uncomfortable because again it's kind of opposite my nature. Like I've certainly been in these modes, but they're um less frequent for me, right? So um but some people live here, right? I mean, some people really get stuck and maybe I'm, you know off track answering your question, but some people can really be in this frozen state, um, immobilize it with depressed energy, right? This is kind of oftentimes it's looking back, it's feeling like um, the victim consciousness, right? This is a lot of the victim consciousness that lives over here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really kind of noticing that Victim consciousness that we can get into. uh Again, there's a spectrum, and I would just throw all of these labels there, but it, it's noticing how it feels. And if you're so slow, and that could be anywhere, even on a spectrum of frozen, right? It's like, okay, well, yeah, just like not getting much done. Or yeah, I just want to lay here and look at, you know, Instagram or whatnot. But imagine being stuck in that for a really long time. I think that's the hardest state to get out of um, when we're frozen to thaw our. Th- from that to mobilize or get the inertia right to move into a, a better place uh, the efforting that it takes to come out of that is is much harder but I would I would also throw this camp of what you're talking about burnout it's kind of like I would imagine that going just energetically feeling into it right knowing the nervous system it goes more into this camp right of this side of the spectrum where we are um, immobilized it's a mobilized energy, frozen energy
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful way to describe that, because you know what I noticed, Casey, whenever I've gone into that burnout mode, whether it's traditional burnout, whether it's healing burnout, what tends to happen for me is I will go into that really intense fight or flight. I'll have all of this mobilized energy. I'll be super anxious. My brain is going a million miles an hour. I'll have all this kind of frazzled energy and it's really unsettling. It's a horrible place to be. And that, for me, is my early warning sign to say, Kathleen, you're heading towards burnout. And it is a really interesting place to be. And then what has happened in the past is it's almost like I've reached that tipping point. And for me, someone described the nervous system, my teacher described it as a ladder, saying that, you know, we have rest and digest at the bottom, and then above that, fight or flight, and then the final top rung of the ladder is that freeze state and you move up and down the ladder and it was so helpful to visualize it in that way because I could see as I moved up the ladder into that mobilization into fight or flight and into not a healthy fight or flight it was like frazzled anxious overwhelmed state I then I climbed up another rung and all of a sudden I tip into freeze and that's where I start to see depression really sitting in for me it's where I start to see self-loathing and this you know almost uh, the word lazy is the only thing that's coming to mind not really the right word but it's it's like a sloth like I all I can seem to do is get onto the couch to maybe watch some tv and my thoughts are often harsh and critical but they're slow they're not coming at me in a fast pace they're slow and it really feels like really feels like I'm in my head, if you know what I mean. Like it feels like everything else has left and I'm just on this island and I'm in my own brain and I'm just, you know, so concerned with all of the things that I've done wrong, all of the judgments, all of the things people might think about me, you know, and just sitting there wallowing in this and it's so painful and it's so hard. But that's for me what I notice with burnout. My early warning sign is that, Brazzled and then it, it tips and I just go into like that's when burnout hits for me and it's like mm-hmm. my energy is gone you know yeah what it's what energy is gone
1: yeah and I would agree I think that's exactly and all of those happen it's like the thoughts are really slow but you can't seem to access problem solving right it's it's like the only thoughts that you're generating are these slow kind of self loathing self hatred. Um victim, again, victim consciousness is one like very disempowered, very hopeless, very, you know, hard to, and the, that's what you're able to generate kind of at this, uh, you know, sloth, like, as you said, pace. And we can often, an outsider looking in, I mean, I think lazy is, a, is an appropriate word. It's not that it is lazy, right? You're not being lazy in that moment. Something is expressing itself and telling you that you're out of balance, but we can judge ourselves and even feel lazy and others would look in on us when we're in that state and feel like, oh, you're so lazy. What's you know, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Right. And it is this real um just very stuck energy that's moving very, very slow in us. And I think it also feels trapped because having these thoughts that are maybe moving around, you know, slowly, but they're not very productive thoughts whatsoever. But they're frozen inside a body that's very immobilized typically. And so imagine, you know, having these mobilized thoughts, right? If you're in fight or flight, but you can actually still move and do things. But the thoughts over here, which might move a little slower and repeat themselves, right? And whatever the self-loathing, you know, belief or statement is... Um, But they're trapped inside a frozen body that's not moving. And so, again, I think that's even more painful for people because it feels like you can't do anything about it. You feel lazy again. Other people are looking at you like you're lazy and without really appreciating or understanding or having sensitivity that I think – you know, when we get into this, you know, I'm I'm actually not really about, uh, you know, pathologizing anybody, but it's really just noticing. That's why I prefer this language. It's like, you know, let's move all the clinical which out around it um, or the pathology that we could apply, like being depressed or this or, you know, manic depressed or whatever. It's let's move all of that out. Those labels aren't super useful, I don't think but just notice what's happening to the energy and what's the energy trying to tell you what is it asking for what is it trying to tell you about some part of your life some part of your thinking some part of your you know experience that you really just have to listen to so if we're in this kind of depressed right energy i think that that's the body's way of saying sometimes right kind of tying it back into this burnout conversation is that there's a part of us that really needs deep rest right so instead of and so how do we lean into okay well what part of me is tired sometimes it's not a physical maybe it's we're emotionally tired maybe we're mentally tired maybe that we're efforting in all of these ways and you know this is the way that our body can show us like man you need some deep rest right and it will feel like we're depressed but it's just this slower energy and so we listen to the messages that we're being given by our bodies, right? By our might, by the different layers of how we express, and then tune in and just scan for that, right? A really productive use of our time. if we can source it, right? Sometimes we need a container around us to do that. But if we can source it from within is really kind of going through that. What's happening? I'll often ask people when they are uh, depressed, right? in this frozen state. what? part of you is depressed or is it that you're physically tired right are you are you burned out physically do you do you actually need are you not sleeping well enough i mean we always want to look at any of the biological reasons things could be off right are you eating the right things are there you know nutritional, are you actually, are you getting out in the sunlight? Are you doing kind of the basics? Um, which probably when people are in this frozen state are not doing a lot of those things, right? But it's then really accessing and having somebody hold a container to reflect back to you, or if you can do it for yourself, wonderful. Um, but there's no judgment if you can't, like sometimes we just all need that container. And so really evaluating what part is really tired, what part of me wants or to slow down right now. And And maybe just honoring that, right? Like you said, it's like, yeah, you might, you know, binge watch TV for the weekend and then you can shift out of it. Hopefully you can catch it before it goes into too too deep of a freeze state, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you give yourself the quality of rest that you need, if you listen to, like for me, if going back to the beginning, again, I know it's a silly example, but I kind of need a break around taking, like, I'm literally... And my body was showing me that literally when I would swallow my supplements, I would like sometimes get them stuck in my throat, and my body was trying to tell me that way before it got to this place where it's like, yeah, we're not taking those anymore. And it's not that they're bad, but it's just it was out of alignment for me. And so I had to really listen. Okay, you know, maybe there's one supplement in there that my body's saying it doesn't. Maybe it's just all of them right now. Like I actually just need to pause on all of them unless it's just absolutely essential. Um, Then. No, you know, it's kind of a no, but it took me a while to really listen, right? I would still try to force it and do. So I think if we can tune in and really listen, what part of me is asking
0: for a break? Um that is a to- question, Casey. Yeah. And I just want to sit like sit on that for a second. Mm-hmm. Like we have such a fucked up relationship with rest, you know, mm-hmm. We are told that rest makes us lazy, that rest means we're failing. That rest means we're weak and for somebody who has been feeling broken inside and has embarked on a healing journey and for the first time you are seeing the light, it is really fucking scary to go, oh my God, I need to stop and take a break because I'm tired and I need rest because you're scared of going back to the place that you have been in the past. And this is, I think, that moment where you get to look at yourself and at the beautiful parts of you that are coming up and ask what parts of me are tired and what resistance do I have to giving myself rest, you know? Right. And for me, that example of binge-watching TV, right now I'm binge-watching Love Island All-Stars and I am loving it, you know? (laughs) And I know that it doesn't last forever, but it's a beautiful thing where I get to switch off my thinking brain, my, you know... The brain that's mm. always going, I need to do better. I need to research more. I need to read more. And then mm. part of me gets tired sometimes. And it's lovely to have less resistance now to letting that process happen. And ironically, it happens so much faster. So mm-hmm. not yeah, part, that of well, part of you is tired. That's part of you And then if you get the
1: answer, if, if your intuition, again, delivers you the information Can you take the conscious right step to honor what you are receiving? Or do you just keep driving? Do you just keep doing? So many times in my life, I'll get the message, right? And this is a huge part, by the way, of what my migraines and headaches. If I don't listen to my intuition on like the minutiae level, then I have noticed that connection with my head. So it's like this again, these headaches and there's other things that are physically expressing if we are ignoring it on some level. And I know that, wow, I'm actually really mentally tired. It's not so much physical, but that's the way my body knows how to communicate it to me. But I'm really mentally tired and I actually just need to mentally rest and not do all the efforting that I do up there all the time. Uh, Or whatever, if I don't listen to that, and I just keep pushing, if I keep my routine, if I don't, um, you know, let somebody know, hey, I can't do that. Hey, I I know, I I know I committed to that. I know I said I would be there, but I I actually can't make it. And um, i I'm going to be resting instead or whatever, not that we need to, you know, even deliver those explanations. But if we don't just do what is the real self-honoring thing and follow through with that, well, then it just will persist and persist and persist. And I think come down to the physical expression of our, uh the densest, right, expression. And eventually, like, we'll see evidence where we are just in this real lethargy, where we're really feeling lazy or stuck or having getting back because we haven't really tended, we haven't really listened before when we were given the opportunity. So it sounds like you have a great, relationship where you listen because you notice the signs right where you're about to tick up the ladder you notice the signs and you can honor that right and that is what i would say if we're all just self-healers in our own way and getting this relationship how do you listen to that so that it doesn't have to slip into a place where you're stuck there for longer than you want to be and then more you know shaming yourself and self-loathing thoughts and self-hatred can come up um what part of you i i I talk this with uh, people who have suicide ideation a lot. It's like if you're thinking that, which to me, again, is on this spectrum of really um, being burned out or shutting down, how do we really look at, well, rather than I want to actually die, what part of me wants to die that I am not giving the space to have this Um, symbolic death, right? I'm not entertaining that because I'm forcing it to stay where it is. And so really getting kind of into the spiritual of all of that, how do I really tend to, if I'm having any extreme thoughts or feelings or, you know, extreme you know, behaviors in in this way? How do I really listen to what the hell are they really trying to tell me without judgment, right? Because if I resisted or judge it or have beliefs built around it, like, oh, no, suicide, like we can't talk about that. How do we actually go in um, or any of the things, right, that could be anywhere on the spectrum, you know, uh, uh, that not us being in our center? How do we really? well and invite them so we can understand them and and trust that they're they're actually there in service to us because they're welcoming us. They're inviting us to uh, have a more balanced experience inside of ourselves. And so I think the kindest, most respectful thing we can do is slow down to listen.
0: Mm-hmm. God, you said that so beautifully. And it's so funny you said that because when you said suicide, I felt my system going to be- and have a little freak out, oh my God, we can't talk about this, you know? (laughs) And that's my projection of my own shame around the parts of me that have wanted to die, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful lens that you just shared with us there, you know, what parts of you want to have this kind of spiritual or symbolic death? What parts of you are ready to, to be put to their eternal rest, you know? And it's scary. I think burnout is a real sign from us that we are resisting change and there is a change which change can often mean a part of you dies and a new part is born and change is the scariest motherfucking thing to a human being, right? It is just to our right. brains, to our bodies, to our nervous systems. We hate change. We'd much rather just do the same thing every single day and it's so scary. So I just want to end this here. I feel like this has just had, yeah, it's got, turned into such a beautiful deep conversation and I really can hear and feel for anyone even myself I know when I'm experiencing burnout again which I likely will I feel mm-hmm. really clear and sitting with that question of what part of me is tired or what part of me is ready to be laid to its eternal rest and I'm resisting it I'm resisting change and mm-hmm. I know that I have the ability to do that work within myself but then there are also times when it's so scary and that is that moment where I choose to reach out to support to my people Whether it's a friend or a family member or whether it's a professional, whether it's a coach or a healer. And I want to remind you of at home of that. That when there's like with self-healing, I do feel there's a real certain amount we can do. And then sometimes we get to a layer where it's almost such a big change. We need a little bit of support throughout it because it's almost like we go back to being a six-year-old child and being unable to regulate our nervous systems around that topic or that challenge. And that is where I see support through mental health support, coaching, psychology, counseling, healers, whatever it is. Even, you know, energy work, that's where I see that support step in in such a beautiful time. And then it allows people when that thing, that pattern comes up again, they now have the ability to work with it themselves because they've gotten that support in that moment and their nervous system is regulated around that particular topic or challenge. So I just want to remind you that getting help in these particular areas, especially if you're someone who practices a lot of self-healing like I do, I feel sometimes so much shame when I know that I need to reach out for help. And it's a really hard battle for me too. And I'm sure you resonate with it as well. So I want to leave us at that. And yeah, just that last beautiful ending question of what part of you is tired right now. Go and explore that question and don't wait until it's too late. We know the warning signs. You're probably going to get anxious and frazzled like I do. And you'll be at movement where you'll go, 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 go. And you'll notice you have such a resistance to rest. And that is your early warning sign to see that you were going to hit burnout in an area of your life. So what part of you is tired? Thank you so much, Casey, for this beautiful conversation. Is there anything you have to say before we close?
1: Well, I was just going to say to that, you know, this is where I think it's so important. um, Because whoever we choose, if we do need somebody to hold a container for us, really think about it doesn't matter what they're training is. It doesn't matter. What I think is important is tune into the energy that you feel around them because that is what you want to leverage, right? If we're balancing our nervous system, who helps me to feel? Who do I feel when I'm in their presence? This this field of energy that I am trying to achieve, and so we can leverage that, right? Whether they're healers, or like they don't have to be. Cl- there are so many brilliant healers, right? And it could be. I just my last call that I just got off of um, was somebody who's feeling exactly what we are talking about today, right? Really out of character for. I mean, certainly they've struggled with this in their own life, and I said okay, I'm going to, we're going to circle back. We're going to talk tomorrow, even though that was unplanned and we'll get deeper on this. And I want to, you know, I have to, uh, get on this podcast call with Kathleen. So I can't, you know, (laughs) keep going and going and going, but I want to talk to you tomorrow and we'll work on that. But I said, who can you call today, tonight? If you feel that, what friend, what person in your life can give you this field of energy that you feel is out of range for you right now? And how can you leverage that, right? And so we kind of talked about how they could do that, right? So that, again, I, you know, don't have to be everything to everyone all the time. I can attend, we can wait, and they can be fine until tomorrow. Um, but who, and of course, I'm available, right? If if there is a crisis or something, um, for the most part, uh, and how can you leverage that energy? And who do you notice when you just tune into, how do I feel when I'm around? I know me, I'm so d- discerning how, when I pick healers these days. Before it was like the sampling, I'll try everything and everyone <laughs> and let's see. But I'm so discerning because I know what I need to feel and who makes me feel that if I'm having a hard time accessing it myself. Mm-hmm. And so I know who those people are, again, whether they're in my personal life or professional resources I can reach to. And so I think just reminding that so much of this healing relationship that we have with anybody who's holds space for us or again in our personal lives has to do with the quality, the essence of who they are and how they make us feel and feel. And that's what we're leveraging, right? In their field of energy. So pick your healers pick your friends you know wisely in that way because there is an influence of that energy and which can be very uplifting and you know hopefully right as as uh, practitioners who do this for other people you know it's it's just such a personal like what resonates with you learning to listen to that and and choosing from that place so um that's all that i would add i hope that
0: is useful for somebody That is so useful and such a great reminder. Casey. thank you so much for being here. And I'll make sure that everything is written in the show notes for how we can get in touch with you. Okay? Oh, fabulous. And that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you got value and if you love the podcast, I'd really, really love if you could rate, review, and comment on the podcast below. And now for the fun part. I want to hear your biggest what to do when questions. Submit your question via the link in the show notes, and we could be answering your question on the next episode of this podcast. I want this podcast and the coaching and the support that goes along with it to be in the back pocket of anyone and everyone who's on their own journey of self-discovery, of growth, and of healing. It can be a lonely journey, and I know that support and friendship goes a long way. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode to your social media pages or send it to your group chat or a friend or family member in mind. And as always, I'm here to support you in so many ways, this podcast being just one of them. If you're looking for additional support in creating the life that you've always envisioned, working through your issues that you've likely been avoiding for years, this is exactly what I do. My one-to-one coaching program focuses on building belief in yourself. Application and information about my online workshops and one-to-one coaching are all in the show notes, and I'll be here when you're ready to dive into the work. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. I want you to remember that you're doing enough, you're being enough, and that you deserve good things in this life. I'll see you next Monday morning for the next episode of the What To Do When podcast.